Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> good day to you, Leslie, dear. Oh, gosh. Good day to you, dear. Are you feeling fussy today? Fussy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little bit, maybe. Are you musty? No, I'm not. I'm not musty. Hmm. Are you musty? Uh, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you smell great. How's everybody doing today? There's not that many people watching, which is fine. It's Sunday. What's going on today? I don't think anything is going on. It was football last week time we were on that was two weeks ago oh was that the super bowl right there was yeah, yeah it was super bowl there was a halftime i didn't watch it we skipped it um we had a lot i never of watch things. it she never watches it she you have some childhood trauma around live sports <laughs> tv well, i wouldn't say that it's childhood trauma but i don't you you don't, don't like, like the it. adirondack what's the pattern that you don't like adirondack? oh um, no no Gingham. Gingham. I don't like gingham. So gingham apparently is not like Japanese robot fighter jets, but it's actually a... And let's let's fix you a little bit because you're Why off the I screen. fixing? Um, it's actually like a, the pattern of a... Um, what's the curtain that you put on a table? Like a tablecloth? Yeah, it's like yeah. a tablecloth pattern. <laughs> it's a curtain that you put on a table? Yeah, it's like... Ooh, Ooh, let's cover up this oh sunlight. What are, are you gonna? Log um, in? I was going to, but I can't remember the password to this account. Would you log into yours? Um, yeah, but yeah. I didn't want to do that. Um, so why don't you switch user to me? Sorry. Okay. So we did. Uh, we were thinking of uh, things today, and I thought it would be great to have her read some green text, which is a four chan phenomenon. I thought it would be cool to have like a reaction video of me reading green text to Leslie. I mean, wait, what is what? What does that mean? What is green text? Yeah, but I didn't, it wasn't time to do that yet. So we took the Jordan Peterson personality test, which yeah. is where is it at? Why don't it's you save the, your? I do, but this is an account I don't use very often. So I took this test actually like six years ago and the the way that it's set up the it's the it's jordan peterson's website's version of the big five personality test Ooh. and i like the big five a lot that's what i when i was studying psychology in undergrad my it's professor like the, really it's like liked the horoscope of psychologists uh, it was like it gives you a good overview of your temperament your basic temperament yeah and so i i really like this one and his website offers a pretty good one it offers a nice um a, a nice uh sort of analysis of your results after you take it and um it offers you a chance to link it to somebody else's which is kind of cool so in that way it's like the horoscope of you know like how does how does your personality link up with your partner's personality so 
I had to use a different email address because they only want you to take it once. And I decided to take it again because I looked over my results and I thought that didn't really sound like me. And so mm, I wanted to how? see if I was right or not. Like how does it not sound like you? Like you were um, much more agreeable than you actually are? <laughs> what, what are you implying? Not that you'd be disagreeable. That well, would not be agreeable. One of the things was it said that I was like only maybe moderate or low moderate in assertiveness. And I thought, no, I'm pretty assertive. So I wonder how that is. And when I took it again, it actually said that I was high in assertiveness, I think. So it was some of those kind of things. And I wondered, maybe my life has changed enough. Basic temperament isn't supposed to change very much. So hmm. it would make sense if my results were relatively similar over time. And they were relatively similar. Okay. I, I I just did it just before we jumped on and um, I had I, it was difficult for me to do the test because I didn't know who I was talking about. What do you, what do you mean? Like am I talking about Yourself. like how agitate how easily agitated I am in our life right now or online? Like I have this personality or this persona that I've created. Mm -hmm who is very disagreeable, who is really curious about how other people feel. But in day-to-day -day life, like, I don't really care how other people feel. Well, then you just <laughs> but I answer care about, honestly. But I care about how you feel because it directly feel, affects how I feel. So it's just, it, so much of it was like, it really depends. Yeah. It really depends on, like, the incentive structures that I'm in. Well, you just have to kind of think of what, what is your baseline? I what is I'm you? I boring. I think that's what I am. I think I'm boring. I'm low in a few things and moderately high in it. You know, things, anybody who makes really... up poetry like you do, quirky, you, you're constantly making up funny little turns of phrase. Your yeah. mind is always working. Yeah, they're mind turds. That's, <laughs> that's not boring. They're, they're, they're psychic droppings. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> they are the ejaculate of my imagination. <laughs> well, now you've gone and made it all gross. It's just hydraulics, man. It's nothing oh, good. Oh, man. Um, gingham, oh, Ninja Kitty says gingham style. That's funny. Yeah, um, gingham, that pattern when I was, um, I was pregnant going through a lot of morning sickness and I was working in a consignment store. And for some reason, a lot of the things that we were getting in were gingham. I don't know if it was just a fashion trend for a little bit or what, but mm -hmm. it kind of, um, somehow my, my morning sickness got associated with a particular visual pattern. Oh, see, this is what happens with you. You get really intensely mapped. <laughs> like you map I? things really intensely to negative affect. Really? Like cold coffee. Like yeah, you I don't vomit like that. whenever like crosses <laughs> like, your... This is a little too cold. Yeah, exactly. So what we do is like I, I drink coffee and then I get down, I finish my coffee, I pour a new cup and I bring it to you and I drink the rest of your coffee because yeah. you can only have like a certain temperature. Well, it's very nice of you too. But like you have a very I strong... If our, if our I wonder if that's personality a... Is, test is that a personality thing? Okay, could you find where the... Uh, yeah, it's right here. Is? It's right here. Relationship um... report with Leslie E.? Yeah, that'll be it probably. Right there. There we go. Okay. So, um, Leslie, also, you said that you weren't totally comfortable with sharing like your psychic energy with the internet. <laughs> well, and, you like, said your you profile. when you suggested that we go over our big five scores in public. I thought I don't know. That's so, what are these big five? Since you're so smart. Okay, big five is the, the one of the acronyms that is commonly used is Ocean. So the big five would be openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Yeah. And it's just 
looking at your personality, um, at each one of those is a, is a scale, mm-hmm. is a, a spectrum. So are you high in openness, low in openness, high in extroversion, low in extroversion, you know, and mm-hmm. on and on. And then how those things interact with each other tells you something about your temperament and the way that you interact with other people and your environment. And so you you told a story about how in certain therapeutic contexts, especially with couples therapy, it can be really um, good to offset the blame mechanism of like, you don't treat me right or... Right. Like like some tensions within the couple couldn't be resolved just by understanding each other from like a semi-objective or psychological point of view. Yeah, I think so. And I think also with yourself, too, not just within couples, but also just with yourself. Sometimes it helps to take a look at, Okay, well, this is an overview of what my temperament looks like. This is what this is how I can be. A lot of the things about me can be explained by looking at these sort of baseline um, temperamental attributes. Mm. And it gives you a chance to sort of figure out if there are ways that you want to adapt to change things about yourself. Like I noticed that, you know, some things that we're really low on, if you're really low on something and you're like, well, I can really see that that's getting in my way. I could be a little bit more neurotic guys. (laughs) More orderly. Well, you're the orderly one. No, I mean, did you see your score for industriousness and orderliness, your conscientiousness? Did you um, see what that was? Well, I mean, I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a lazy bum. <laughs> well, you're not really, but that's... But I kind of am, but I kind of not. Like, it's just no, weird. you're not. Like, I'm pretty but industrious. But it's like, but... do you have to work harder to get yourself to do things? To motivate myself. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. And so if you see that about your partner, too, it's kind of helpful sometimes to take a look and say, oh, okay, well, this hmm. is where we're not lining up. And sometimes I might think that... Like, I think in the very first one, what was it? Um, I think they, they started with agreeableness. In the couple's report. And so it, it starts out by kind of saying, well, if you're higher in agreeableness than your partner, you might sometimes feel like they, oh, oh. what does it say? Implications. Um, you are typically in agreeableness and your partner is high in agreeableness. So I'm typical. I'm like chill. And she's like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. No, no. Agreeableness no. is, okay. So it is, what is it? Politeness and compassion. Oh. are the two aspects of agreeableness that they, the way that they are mapped in this test. So you're, it says you're average in compassion. Your Who, partner, me. you, you. And, and you're super compassionate. Your partner is high in compassion. So yeah. it gave you a 48th percentile, gave me a 91 percentile. So she cares. <laughs> and I, 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 But then look at this. I let her But care. look at this, politeness. You are 76 percent in politeness and I'm only 38. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Wasn't that nice? Did I say that really nice? <laughs> like she laughed. You know, I can tolerate that because I'm not very oh, polite she... early, so I can put up with your shit. <laughs> You're not polite? Apparently, I'm not. Should we talk about like that interaction we had over the I'm Christmas lower break? in politeness than 61% of people. What did I do over Christmas break? No, we just had an interaction of, uh, we had a very blustery interaction with, uh, with, uh, with a neighbor. Oh, oh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Did we already talk about that? I don't know if we did, but it was really interesting. Oh, like yeah, how I we guess kinda, so, yeah. How, like, we were both understanding, and I was being polite, and then she kept on pushing the issue, and then you, like, I was like you ran okay. out of politeness. Nope. <laughs> you ran out of politeness, and I'm like, well, I, I have more politeness to give. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well no, the, I guess it's that like there's there's a boundary there. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue to. Well, I think that so there's certain. I wonder if it makes sense to think of it in terms of regulation. Like I have high emotional regulation. So it's interesting. Do you get irritated? I get irritated more than I lose my temper. Like I I get irritated pretty quickly. I don't get irritated very easily. But I I can hold on to my temper. I don't feel threatened that often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do. But I don't know. It's just so weird. Like it's just really weird. It's... Hmm. So we were talking about the Minnesota in psychological inventory, yeah, the which Minnesota you know something about. Multiphasic personality inventory. Multiphasic. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I don't know that much about it. I know it's a test that's often used to um, sort of uh, screen for personality disorders and other mental illness. It's um, I I took it when I was in uh, undergrad because I was part of this. Uh, I was I was taking classes with the uh, master's program there uh, for because I'd already done so many. I was having to retake a lot of my psych credits because I'd taken them in uh, at a community college, yeah. and then when I went into this university and I was in their psych program, they made me retake them. And I had um, <clears throat> a faculty mentor who offered me the opportunity to take them with the graduate class instead because it would be more interesting for me instead of just retaking the same material. And so I got to know some of these students, and as they were doing some of their their work administering exams, they needed guinea pigs. And so yeah. I was just, you know, since I was working with these students, they were using me for some of their tests. So that's the that's the only way I got acquainted with that test. I've never had to administer it. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. I took it once and I failed. You can't fail that. Well, they told me to take it again because I was unscannable. Like they what does that mean? I Did don't you... know. They said they couldn't figure. Maybe me they out. thought you answered something incorrect, or like you didn't. See, that's the thing. Were... Like incorrect. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe. Well, okay. So this maybe is maybe they happens. thought that you misunderstood something, or that they needed to re-present the the question. Okay. To you? Well, I'm going to say what happened. Okay. So I took it because I got a long time ago, like in 2001 or 2002, I had a security detail job and it was at a high rise in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And they had me take that test and it was a really long test. So my roommate like read out the questions and I would answer them. Mm-hmm. And then he told me, don't answer that way. Oh, because he, oh. he had been in a psychological, um, facility that he'd been locked up and he was locked up for a long time and what? then he realized you had a roommate who was locked up yeah and he realized though wow, have, that's really interesting he's like all you have to do is just tell them what you want they want to hear okay like you just tell them what they want to hear and so i would say something he's like no they don't want to hear that oh so like do you okay. hear voices in your head or do you often have weird ideas and something okay. yeah i have weird ideas yeah i can i'm a writer of course i hear voices in my head okay. i can like when so he's saying that sounds like those you're you're putting off some red flags so red alter flag. this in order yeah okay so maybe maybe he futz with my okay so then my identity there were strange your response, your your scores were weird, mm-hmm. and so they made you redo it. I guess so. Did they? Did you redo it? Yeah, yourself? I did it all like over Again? the over like in two over two nights. It's a really long test. It's like twelve hundred questions. It's or very long. Like that. Yeah. You go over like, would you feel upset if your father gave you flowers? Do you want to drive over mice? What? They, they just like they're throwing all these curves. They're like literally screwing with you. 
it's like a pressure test. I'm it's like, strange. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. weird. But they ask things, and they're they're coded in in ways so that they can get at a particular aspect of personality without you understanding what they're trying to get at. That's what they're yeah. trying to do. Yeah, they're trying so to... that they can look from different angles at the same yeah. thing. Do you think that um, mental illness is a thing, and mm. like mis- mental disorders are a thing, or is there just is that a thing like a narcissistic personality disorder is that like just how you're baked from your point of view because i've i have interviewed psychologists and they do say that there are certain personality disorders that are treatable and some that are not treatable personality disorders versus mental illness or as a, as mental illness. okay so that's a good question what's the difference between a personality disorder and a mental illness well you you know if you want a really a real expert opinion you wouldn't ask me but um, is that your disorder or your illness? <laughs> no, I just don't know that I'm, I, I don't know that I'm going to have the best answer for you. I okay. mean, you, if you really want somebody to break that down, um, get a, get a clinician who's really that there were, I okay. mean, I'm trained in diagnosis Yeah. and I've got clinical training, but I am not somebody who puts that into practice. So I'm no expert at all. I, um, you know, from my perspective, I would say that there are people who have psychiatric illness that really do benefit from that clinical model. Mm-hmm. And um, personality disorder is complex, but the the major hallmark of personality disorder is, is pervasive and persistent difficulty in your relationships with other people that mm. follows a particular pattern. Okay, so yeah. it's relational. Yeah. But it's also about the way that you see yourself in the world. So it's, um, you know, as far as uh, Josh Slocum talks about this a lot. He's, he likes yeah. to use the, the. are you putting up our results or is that no, just No, that was just mine. I don't oh, know if okay. anybody wanted to see it. I don't even know if it's interesting or not. I mean, it's interesting. I think it's interesting to understand those things about yourself well i i really do think that like i have an internet persona that i incorporate so often that like it's kind of a separate subroutine of my overall personality but do you have an actual like perspective from internet benjamin like can you can you go into internet benjamin mode well there's even versus... different internet benjamins like there's twitter benjamin yeah he's quite the loki and then there's interview Benjamin, and then there's like Leslie's uh, little afternoon Sunday pet deep end. Is Benjamin. that is that what you are? Am I not something pet? else? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cute. But I guess I, it just it's interesting because it's like, do I get so much of it is like emotional regulation as opposed to, like, is it a? It's one thing to feel certain ways, and it's another thing to act different ways. And is having the capacity to regulate your behavior over your emotion, like which is your personality? The thing that you do or the capacity to regulate your personality? I mean, I understand the stuff with the, I guess with cleanliness or something like that, like orderliness. It's like I have a high tolerance for disorder, but. And I have a really low tolerance. Yeah, you have a a low tolerance of disorder. Mm -hmm. And I kind of function better when things are a little bit messier. No, your your office is crazy. Yeah, my office is just this bundle of. I know. Stuff. I can't even. 
Can't, you can't even. Can't it's even. kind of like a firewall, though, to keep you out of it. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's know. like a don't enter here. Yeah, Chaos awaits. I can't. It's <laughs> like there's some energy emanating from yes. the disaster that is your office. Yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. It's but it is bad. Yeah. Your side of the bed looks bad too. Thank you. The floor. Yeah. Oh, you do. All my clothes. I have to clean it. No, I clean it. No, okay. I clean it. I feel bad. No, you don't. Okay. Because you're low in neuroticism. You're not going to feel that bad about it. Well, what, what do you do with your neuroticism? It said in the, on the personality sheet that Peterson, on, he says, if you're younger, you'll have typically higher neuroticism than oh, really? older. Younger? Is that, is that, it was that's interesting. interesting. That's I mean, I think over time and then men versus women, like mm -hmm. they're trying to compare you in this and your percentile uh -huh. mm -hmm. to the average person. But yeah, you compared to your own cohort or your own sex is going to be different than wait, I'm low in withdrawal. That's interesting. Mm. What's oh, withdrawal? wow. You are low. This is me. You are low in the aspect of withdrawal. This means you are likely to be calmer in new, threatening, complex, uncertain, or unexpected situations. You are less likely than average to withdraw from or avoid such situations, but I constantly avoid those situations. Yeah, but it says that your partner is high in withdrawal. Wait, maybe this is inverted. No, no, this like is... You're always looking for... You want us to go out. You want us to ride the But fence. that's not about extroversion. This is not... This is about how you deal with um, negative emotion. Negative, uh, like, difficult feelings. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. see, this is the thing. So, on my... In my internet persona, I get to curate the situations that I put myself in. So, I don't put myself in situations where I need to withdraw. So, I don't feel mm -hmm. the need to express withdrawal. Because I'm not... I, I preload... My Did reality. you feel like the questions were, were you having to think about an internet persona versus a daily persona? No, but I was thinking, that? well, because you know, it's not am, about I, am I agitated that. easily? Yeah. Like you... when a 12 year old boy is acting like a retard, I'm very agitated very easily. <laughs> like, but like. You're getting better at it. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. But like, that's because I'm regulating my emotions and allowing myself to adapt to the situation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's the personality trait that's more important. Well, it's just asking you what's your baseline. Okay. It's just looking at temperament. So things like, for instance, when it asks about aesthetics, mm. like, do you, do you appreciate poetry? Do I you, see. You know, I don't. Do you? Okay. You don't, but I like do you to see create value it. in poetry. I like to create it, but so, I hate reading it. Like, this is the thing. It's like, I like to output it, but I don't like don't to necessarily like to, invent. Like what I, about music? It asked about music. I hardly ever listen to podcasts, but that's all I do in my yeah. life is make podcasts. Well, it said, it also asked about art. Do you think art? Is, well, I can appreciate important. hidden uh, beauty that other people don't typically see. Yeah. So those like, things are just going to be how you feel about those things. It's not going to be about how does internet you think or how does you in daily life think it's just asking you a question about what your perspective is mm -hmm. and so you're really just getting you can adapt all kinds of things but what's your baseline what's mm -hmm. your temperament how much do you have to work at adapting yeah to yeah, that? yeah yeah sometimes you can want to do things that you don't do very well like yeah. the low orderliness or low industriousness doesn't mean that you don't want to be on time to things it just oh, might no, mean that you struggle more yeah. to be on time or you know and i'm not that yeah. not, I'm not saying specifically you about time, but like people who are lower in things, it just means that that's their tendency. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily what they value. Mm. You know? Yeah. Values. So, yeah. Do we have a conversation? Why did you values? make this about splitting crosshairs? 
Oh, what, because is it because we're splitting hairs about our well, one we're in the deep end, thing. so we're we're splitting hair. We do a lot of splitting yeah, hairs. Yeah, we do. A lot of our conversation is about splitting hairs. You so think so? We don't have to get into that, but um, <laughs> I was thinking about like the the way that like the alchemical process that difficult or contentious discussions go through with us. Like we have mm. a tentious discussion and it keeps on presenting itself until we t directly tackle tentious. it. Is that, is that a word or did you just make that up? Ten it's, it's tense, like, but it's tentious. It's, it's contentious. Like, this is like us, like Lewis Carroll. He made up all kinds of words. Well, see, I'm high in, yeah. in, in uh, poetic. I think that's poesism. Neologism. No, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like it. Well, the play is like contentious, but like yeah. we're just tentious. But then we go through like I've I've seen us like like a difficult conversation, and like I'm avoidant. You're like less avoidant than I am about like dis disagreement, and so but it'll keep on popping up until we finally just tackle it and go through all the emotions, and then it kind of like trans. It goes through this alchemical process where we start to joke about it and we start to live with this issue and like be kind of friends. You know, it's like this dog. You know, we're kind of like taming this dog. You know, like this little you know kind of like rescue animal. Like it's like okay, well, how do we so get it? Our relationship is like a mutt. Well, no, our relationship is like Noah's Ark. There's all these different like animals and horses and stuff like that. Okay. And I was just watching us with different conversations or different issues. And we're really new in our relationship. We aren't even. We've been married for, is it four well, the, months? Yeah, but we moved in together in what June, and like we met each other in April. So it's well, not we even met a year. each other in November. Well, we met our personas like knocked some some mics <laughs> and some emails. Yeah. Nice. So we're really new, so we have yeah. a lot to figure. It's just really interesting to look at our relationship and how much we've done in so little amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because we're both psychologically adept in a lot of ways. We're both kind of really good at people mm -hmm. and reading people. And also, I think there's... So I don't know to what degree is it compatibility or what degree is it like we're just like we sync up in a lot of like secondary ways like mm -hmm. our age is very similar um our i guess temperament would be mm. interesting yeah the temperament it's pretty similar in some ways if you look at the big five but with some differences yeah hmm. 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 but i also put it splitting crosshairs you have to lean in a little bit more to the mic okay. um yeah please uh. so the audio is better i don't have to fix it so much um <laughs> The crosshairs was that you got retweeted by uh, <laughs> Ninja Kitty thinks you're in trouble. KJK. What? What are you in trouble for? KJK. Just oh, oh gosh, yeah, the silly internet thing. That's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, I I keep wondering like how much is the internet discourse, um, and these Twitter fights that I know you say that this has been going on for a long time, and maybe this is just what Twitter is, but it's still sort of, I mean, I've, I haven't been engaging in it for very long. And um, what really I started to see after the Genspect conference was these people getting really upset about, um, I, I guess, splitting hairs in a way, but that's not going to do justice to the meat of the people's problem. I mean, the, the substance of the issues that people are raising. I think is really important. The women who were really upset about a man in a dress attending a conference mm -hmm. for uh, for gender discussion felt like this was, a lot of people felt like this was just 
terribly disrespectful to the seriousness of the issue and the concerns that people had. And there were safeguarding or trauma guarding. Yeah. So there's that, but I'm trying to give the argument, I guess, some respect and not just dismiss it. It, it was never to me a matter of dismissing that argument. It was a question of, of, um, is there anything you can really do with that? Is there any, how do you handle a dress code issue like that? It's easy to draw a line and say, don't allow men into women's private spaces. But when the man is acknowledging that he's a man and he's not trying to go into women's private spaces, thank you. This is and, too cold, cold for me. Oh, is it really? Yeah. You're going to drink it anyway? I'm going to drink it anyway. You're very tolerant. Thank you. Um, but when, you know, his overall behavior is pretty normal and respectful and um, polite and all the things that you would want in a professional setting, and it's only a matter of attire, mm-hmm. how do you establish a line around that and that was the question that that i wanted to explore it's like if someone's outward behavior is all fine but they're wearing something that's coded for the opposite sex what do you do with that how do you make a rule that says sir you're going to have to go change your dress but you're not turning to the woman who's wearing something that's really masculine and telling her she has to follow the same rule like how do you do that and that if he were and and the 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 people who were mostly expressing uh, frustration with this were people who hadn't actually been at that event. Yeah. It seemed. Can so, I add, can I add a point? I yeah. think that Stella O'Malley recently got under the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I, I almost said something rude um, of the, the same group for, for just exploring openly to what degree we don't know to what degree our, or women. lesbians yeah. or women motivated by a sexual or erotic desire when they dress. You know, that's we interesting. Don't know. And, and how much does a regular, just uh regular Joe or Jane, who's not, there's no fetish. There's no sexual orientation. We're talking just a straight heterosexual person. Did you going to say cis? Did you stop yourself from sissing? No, I didn't. Okay, good. I didn't. I don't like that word. I don't consider it legitimate in any way. And I don't say it unless it's about my sister. And I don't say cis. But anyway, um, no, I, I mean, just, just an average person. How much do, how much joy and self, uh, affirmation, I guess, self pleasure. Do we get out of, of the way we dress sometimes? Kim Kardashian, isn't that, she's the one who, who I know you have this whole like Kim Kardashian is an autogynophile thing that you do. Um, she had this, I think it's really ridiculous, but I tend to kind of think a lot of new slang is ridiculous, but this phrase, I'm feeling myself, just really feeling myself. Like it's like taking a picture, taking a selfie, trying to look sexy because you think you look so hot in your outfit. Yeah. Like that's a thing. Yeah. There's a whole... Is it wanky? There's a whole meme. Is it wanky? Is it? Is it? I mean, it's like gratuitous self-aggrandizement, I guess. So it's this sort of... um, From that... I don't think... uh, I don't think... uh, If if you accept the possibility of the female autogonophile who puts so much effort into... 
idealizing herself as a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't think the difference between that type of behavior on a female or a man who seeks uh, gratification Hmm. by cross-dressing, I don't think the woman is far less likely to be able to achieve that, um, that peak pleasure without an audience. I think that the selfie or the showing of themselves as a woman far less likely to is, achieve it without the audience. I think that a man, a cross-dressing man or a man who's a transvestic um fixation or fetish or sexual orientation can uh do that alone. Hmm. And the woman, I don't think I think that a woman who has the desire to realize herself as a woman at least in our culture, it, I think that it, it needs to be seen. I just she needs disagree with this entire premise that you're female. raising about yeah. the female autogynophile. Okay, I well, yeah, that, but like, just, I think that okay, you're, we can you're, quibble over that, but do you see what I'm saying I about quibble the, the, over that? Okay. I just want to I wanted to get to that. the I wanted to get to the, the need of the audience participation for validation. I, that was, like, over <laughs> the, there. but we can, we can stop the cats here. or the audience. We can, we can um, stop here. Just Back here. briefly. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to derail you. I just want to say briefly, yeah. I just think that this idea of a woman as an autogynophile, mm-hmm. we already have a word for that. It's just, it's just narcissism. It's just conceit. It's just we're being self-absorbed. We're having a moment of being obsessed with ourself if we're doing that. And I think that the the modifier or the the use of that word to as a marker the the gain the woman is an unnecessary okay. add-on so oh, I, just an I just, you are being yeah i guess so so a wanker <laughs> sure sure <laughs> just a wanker yeah. um or whatever but yeah i think that the idea that someone might get excitement out of their clothing and out of the image that they're presenting is not necessarily something that is anybody else's business Hmm. in terms of how we can regulate each other in social settings. There are going to be, we can distance ourselves from people that we think are behaving in a way that doesn't seem Mm -hmm. um, appropriate. If it's, if it seems like it's gratuitous and self aggrandizing, we can spend less time around that person and decide that they're not somebody that we want to spend time with, but does it necessarily indicate that the social contract has been broken to a point where we can set rules around it? Like, can we police someone's state of mind that way? I mean, we can police the state of dress, but I would just want to know what are the limits? How do we define like at the same conference, this is the thing that just came up recently that caused the crosshairs, the the big criticism and the Kelly J. Keen putting me and a bunch of other people on a blacklist of don't pay attention, uh, don't platform, these people platform the wrong people, so don't watch their shows or listen to their stuff, yeah. um, was about another person who was at that same conference. And uh, it's Julia Malott, who's a... Uh, trans person, trans identified male, so trans woman from Canada. And I've talked with Julia a couple of times. We've it, It's been a professional exchange of ideas. Yeah, you guys get along. I've, I have found Julia generally to be uh, reasonable and have some moderate takes on some things. The latest thing that there's a, a stir about is apparently Julia made some comments about males breastfeeding, and I have not watched those comments. Julia does these, like, a, a lot of thoughts commentary pieces yeah videos, yeah. yeah videos and i haven't watched this one but it i 
I take it, and so I don't I don't want to represent what the content is if I haven't actually seen it. Yeah. But the thing that people were upset about, I, they're saying that Julia thinks that it's okay for males to breastfeed. I don't. Yeah. That's not my opinion. I don't. I'm not in favor of induced lactation. I've heard they grandmothers. There was a thing. This is way before the gender thing. Was this thing about grandmothers inducing lactation so that they could breastfeed their grandbabies? And I found this really bothersome. It bothers me to think about a woman who is not naturally lactating okay. feeding a baby because you're it's it's an awful lot of pharmaceutical intervention that it takes in order to generate that breast milk and there's something very unnatural about this body is not in a state that would have produced that child breastfeeding is kind of like the like the uh the fourth trimester in a way of of mm. pregnancy mm. it's supposed to happen after you've given birth this is it's it's you don't pass off part of your pregnancy to another person to carry because you can't do that what about and wet so, nurses well a wet nurse i would think would be slightly different if a woman is naturally in a phase of lactation because she's also just recently given birth and she's she's lactating and breastfeeding and she also tandem breastfeeds someone else's child wait this is the war on tits <laughs> we did. We're doing another this week on the war on tits. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so, great. So, I don't know that I would have. I, I don't know that I have a, uh, an issue with that. In fact, I donated lots of my own breast milk to other people when I was. Uh, Is there a titty van? No. Like it goes around and picks up. No. Uh, so, no. It's more. I worked with a lactation consultant. I worked in a, a naturopathic clinic, and one of my coworkers was. There's a cat trying to get into hey, a bag. Bodie, <laughs> stop. So, um, and, you know, she was always working with clients who were struggling to make enough milk. And so oh. there was a donation process. Yeah, Some yeah, women yeah. pump too much and then they donate it to women who aren't. <laughs> You're such a child. So, you can I'm sorry. Some women pump too much. It's such a good song. They pump more milk than they end up needing. I have to... He's such a child. I have to to share my... My my child... Childcore metal band. Oh, Dark Out. Yeah. My mama didn't pump enough for me. Jeez. Well, I had a friend who was struggling to produce milk when yeah. when uh, my son was little, Julian was little. Uh, he was they were born within a couple months of each other. You're just gonna laugh. I I gave her extra milk, so I would feed him and pump, and I would yeah. give her my milk. Yeah, you can laugh now if you want. No, it's I don't fine. Think it's funny, but no, it's, 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 it's funny. No, it's it's very like, precious, but we're just mammals. We're just such right. mammals. So I I guess I'm drawing a distinction. Like yeah. if it's an if that that's natural. That's milk that's naturally being produced. <laughs> God, Benjamin. <laughs> why are you laughing at this? I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, You're such a child. It's like titty exchange. It's just... It's so wholesome. This is why... <laughs> this is why women don't like you on the internet. I know. This is why I... This is why I crosshairs. <laughs> You're a little boy. Oh, sorry. I can't stop laughing about this. Oh, my this. goodness. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, this is a really Tell serious when you're ready. conversation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, can, hmm. um, 
can so, can I just can I just contextual? Can we back out a little? Yeah, bit? And we'll, we'll we have layers to back out from. Back, back in. Do you want to like ignore some of the threads and go back to a main one? Okay. Well, so your recent crosshair experience mm-hmm. was that this person that you had interviewed months ago and mm-hmm. came under came Julia a couple times. Yeah, Julia came under fire for some opinions that Julia published. After the GenSpec conference. Re- very recently. In November. I think there's something about Canadian... Uh, Wait, hold on, hold d- on. Canadian people, some medical association endorsing yeah, I'm, I'm breastfeeding working. in men. Okay. So that's what Julie said. I'm Wait, hold on. So I'm working up to that. Okay. So back in November, yeah. Julie had made some comments not related to this issue, mm-hmm. uh, post-GenSpec, mm-hmm. and came under fire then, and... You probably got uh, mixed up in that somehow, but you said a statement. You published a statement online saying, "I found I've found Julia to be a reasonable person." That wasn't in regards to anything that Julia said. That was in regards to a photo of Julia that was put up by Genspect, and then the way that the people were making fun of Julia. Oh, okay. And it was really ugly stuff. It was like, it wasn't about the content of anything that this person has said or done it was just appearance-based mockery mm. so people were just ridiculing julia for julia's appearance and i thought that that was really mean and i said i found her to be a kind person mm. and uh and pretty reasonable or something like that mm. i made some statement about yeah like just saying uh, you know i've i've worked with this person and and found her to be uh, and so there's like there's right now there's this whole uh puritanism with pronouns too and so that was another area where i'm i'm being called out by these people for sometimes using wrong sex pronouns for Mm. people and i've talked about that like i feel like nobody should ever compel you to do that don't i don't think that anybody should compel you to use to give pronouns for yourself or to use any particular third person pronouns for another person that you don't feel fit and I think that we're in an awkward place with all of the gender experimentation and um, transhumanism. Well, and tra- and transgenderism, yeah, specifically, that's been going on. We have a lot of people right now who are presenting in a in either an androgynous or cross sex manner, and it is difficult sometimes to navigate that interpersonally like how do you determine what you're going to call somebody how do you determine how you're going to talk about someone i generally with the with trans people i generally try to avoid using pronouns at all you're going to laugh again no i'm just thinking about the boobs again (laughs) oh gosh another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> well, 
Let me let me let me just. Do you need to? Do you need like a palate cleanser? Let me just set up the conversation. Just like, okay. let's slow down. Okay. So, you replied to a thread that yeah. was mocking Julia a lot, mm-hmm. and you said, "I've spoken with Julia." I can look and, and see found, what exactly. Well, this I is said just this want. is. I just let me. Okay. Go ahead. Then Julia subsequently, recently, has said something pro men. Chemically induced lactation. Apparently, I don't even know that that's the case. I just know that that's what's being yeah. that's what's being stated. And then, people. for some reason, I don't know why, Kelly listed a bunch of people who have platformed Julia a lot and mm-hmm. tied Julia's present statements to Julia's previous interactions with these individuals, yourself included. Okay. This... And then she used you as an example of Gen Specs. Finest. Yeah, yeah, she mocked fun of me. Mocked, make, made fun of me. Mocked fun um, of you. So I, what I said was on 11-14, November 14th, I said, Julia Malott is a kind and intelligent person with an admirably nuanced and centrist take on some controversial issues. I was delighted to meet her in person at the conference. This yeah. is what I said under to sort of uh, make a statement of support where I, I saw a person that I found to be a reasonable um, colleague, I guess, in this whole gender experience, I wanted to say something supportive. Yeah. And um, I that's how I have found Julia. Yeah. I mean, I've talked with Julia. She's been kind. I don't know her very well. I know her professionally. Yeah. And I just, but this the... was my take. And, and I, it doesn't, what doesn't make any sense is to take something from November yes. and use that as evidence that I support some stance on, on male breastfeeding. Yeah. But I don't know. You had more to say. I will. No, it's just, it's just, I don't understand why somebody would take a previous statement and apply it to a present situation. It's guilt by association. It's a it's classic cancel culture. It's you platform to this person. Yeah. You need to make a public statement renouncing them or else you are now bad because you're forever associated with a person that you have that you have made positive comments about in the past. Yeah. And I just don't play that game. I just okay. I find that to be childish and I think it's part of the problem. It's just the same it's the same uh stuff that the the anti-racist crowd does, and it's the same stuff that the social justice people do. And I just, I won't, I won't, I like, I, I'm allergic to it. I can't bend to that. Mm. I don't care. I, it, you know, it, it's what made me decide pretty much this, all of the attacks made me think, well, I'm never going to watch that video now, and I'm never going to weigh in on it. I don't, I have an opinion. I'll make my, my opinion known about the male breastfeeding thing. I'm fine to do that. But as far as like getting in and making a a condemnation of somebody based on everybody else telling me that I have to do that, I just refuse to do that. It's interesting that your defense of Julia was um, an expression of fairness rather than politeness. But you, you have low politeness, it says, on your personality, but you were standing up for justice. I don't know. I just that, yeah. I, it, weren't you? I mean, you're standing up for fair. These people were being rude, and you stood against them. So it's just interesting that you were, you're motivated by a sense of fairness, which isn't that related to politeness in some way. Um, but you were, but you're not. Gonna, I guess politeness is the nicety. I just don't. I there. It's just interesting. Yeah, like there's yeah, a distinction that is interesting. Between, Let's see how between the, uh... treating people uh, fairly and. 
You want to do that? Uh, being a nice person, I guess. Yeah, let's see what they say here about politeness. Oh, implications of neuroticism as a couple. <laughs> you're getting, you're being tangential. Oh, and you're being tangential. <laughs> let's see, politeness. Tangential. Politeness is, let's see, it's a, a measure of a person's obedience, deference to authority, and their sensitivity to social norms. People who score higher in politeness are deferential, respectful of norms, and con conflict averse. People who score lower in politeness are less deferential, less respectful to norms, and more comfortable challenging other people. So, so it's not about what you're challenging. Um, it's just interesting that there's one marker that tracks social um, conduct and another that tracks morals, and wait, they can which be is social conduct. Uh, what, what, what did the you just say? Uh, just like politeness is about conforming to yeah, it says it's, social mores yeah. with regard to treatment of people. And that is, that, that's distinct from fairness or justice. I don't know that it's moral with foundations respect to way. treating people in any particular way. It's just about a reluctance to challenge people yeah. a, a, and a desire to be conforming and obedient. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm I'm just not that way. But you're conforming and obedient to your own morality. Well, that's my own internal. Um, that's me making my own way. That's yeah. me deciding for myself. Okay. But as far as outside pressure, I just don't. I don't feel much. Like the. You know the the little Twitter mobs, the angry people telling me I need to do X Y Z. It's mm -hmm. just it's just silly to me. It doesn't. I, I'm not going to base, I guess this is sort of like asking you, are you somebody who's likely to do a lot of virtue signaling in a, in a way, you know, mm -hmm. are you more likely to be someone who's going to do things in order to demonstrate your, mm. your compliance and your, um, adherence to whatever social expectations yeah, or are authority. Yeah. It's the, another phenomena. And again, um, I don't know why. Kelly J. Keene would go after you specifically. Um, and that's a whole other issue, why she would act that way. I don't think that's the proper way to act because I don't think it's good for her cause. And I mean, I, I don't have anything I'm not gonna criticize against her, her. personally. I think she's I, doing some good work. Yeah, I would like to have her on. I want to keep the channels of communication mm -hmm. open. Um, but another phenomenon with Kelly specifically is her followers are so intensely following. Mm. You know, the, the, she has this swarm of females that follow her she's got a she's got a, a lot of are you groupies. gonna say it what <laughs> what you said the other day what did i say the other day i can't remember did i say something you said she said oh she has a oh <laughs> Well, let me set that up before you say that. So we we were just talk, we were oh, just no. kind of talking about oh, people who have high disagreeable presences on Twitter, but also are not just shit stirrers, but get shit doneers. Yeah. And Kelly gets shit done. James Lindsay gets shit done. James doesn't care who he ticks off. Yeah. Like he will go after anybody. Yeah. Like and and it's just it's kind of odd. You're like, whoa, he'll he'll he's just he doesn't have any. Like, um, he's not tied to any group at all. He's tied to his principles and he follows through on his principles. Kelly's a little bit different. She's tied to a kind of a group mentality, 
insofar as her explicit stated purpose is let women speak or women's rights. She's always like, she's women's rights. So <laughs> James has... You start with James. Yeah, no. yeah, it makes sense, okay? No, it doesn't. Yeah, listen. it's not what you said. Yeah, no, it, it's exactly what I said. Listen, listen. Okay. James operates with a meanness. <laughs> he's just, he's all, it's the meanness. Like his, his center... And his his execution, it's it's meanness. It's very individual. It's very I. It's it's okay. an erect capital I. Erect. K- Kelly J. Keene's got a weenus. She's always talking about we. You know, she's she formulates a lot of things under the weenus banner. So she's just waving around a weenus, and James is waving around a meanus. <sighs> But they're very they're very similar in in their in their power oh, this to is affect the change. Silliest conversation we've ever had. You can't stop talking about. Well, I didn't bring up your bouncing biscuits. <laughs> I can't stop. There was a super was chat. Let me go over the super oh chat. Thanks, Jenny. Ten dollars oh. from Jenny's getting oh, naked with nice. it. Thank you, you so Jenny. much. Yeah, and you. Um, I have to start saying this now because of taxes. But if you guys enjoy uh, this channel or our talks, like and subscribe and (laughs) consider donating. The links are usually in every video. They're not in the link. The tip jar is not linked down below. Yeah, but sounds like KJK is using cancel culture to her own ends. Wonder if she realizes that pretending someone co-signs everything an undesirable says is a means of putting words in someone's mouth. Yeah, I don't think it's an efficient way of political behavior. Well, uh, efficient, maybe, but ethical? I don't know. I, I mean, again, I, I kind of just always come back to content and process. And like, if your side of the issue has these principles or these values that you're trying to stand up for, but then you go ahead and use the same Machiavellian, unethical uh, means to execute your your purpose are you what are you what are you doing well this is the problem this is the problem with liberalism this is a problem with tolerance this is the problem with polite society um this is the problem this is the shemidian question is that you might get smacked in the face with the weenus (laughs) (laughs) or the boob van won't deposit your oh gosh we're children no it's the it's there's a in politics there's a friend enemy distinction. And to what degree do we like, like if you look at the dissident, right, what I call the DR, the dissident, right online, they're, they're constantly saying, look, people, the center, the centrists, so-called the classical liberals are always apologizing to and for the left and always criticizing the right. And that's where is you that, get the note. Is that true, though? It, it, if you look at it consistently, <laughs> people are always want. If you're a centrist, you're always trying to like make sure that you are reasonable, but you're always apologizing to the left for the right. Mm. You're always excusing, "Well, I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm not doing that. I'm not right." No, it, there's there's this distinct tendency in politics for the friend enemy distinction to be either covertly or overtly being dis- uh, displayed and executed. Mm-hmm. So insofar as Kelly J. Keene's tactic of shutting off dissent and roping off her audience from other voices is beneficial or not beneficial is a different question than whether or not her 
I don't, there's ethics and then there's efficiency. Mm -hmm. She wants to create and Kelly, I, I love or her followers or whatever. I love to have you back on to talk about this as a strategy matter. Cause I'm really interested in this. Kelly wants to create a women's party. She's making a women's party. To what degree is it politically viable to have a so-called women's party in politics? Like, what does that even mean? Like they, they only have a few issues what do they do about they need a democratically viable uh, monopoly or, or a majority of votes so they're already splitting half the population mm -hmm. right and then they're then they're assuming that a woman is probably a, a woman who aligns with their values well, so they're and, and splitting it even further that's a good point and that's I think really an an important um and relevant point to this discussion. I mean, one of the things that I keep being told since the GenSpec conference, since I said, since I came out and talked about um, the problem of the dress code and I wasn't on the band, what are you going to laugh about now? <laughs> what, you're smirking. I'm sorry. It was, you don't listen to women or women are trying to tell you or women feel this way and you're making fun of women and they're telling me this. Oh, they were telling me it too. Meanwhile, and you. Yeah. meanwhile I'm talking about what I think yeah. and I'm talking with other women who are talking with me about, I mean, like I've talked with Pamela Garfield Yeager, who was also at the conference. We've gone into that a little bit, talked about what we thought in our analysis of the, the conflict post-conference and I've certainly talked with my co my colleagues from Solid Ground about this and so I've talked about it with a number of women but what we're being told is that we don't listen to women and we're ignoring women and what women think and I it this sounds like the same thing that I mean what is it? Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy yeah I mean you're the woman face of man supremacy something like that it's or of AGP supremacy is what they're saying. Yeah, and that, you're a ball yeah. palmer. What, what is that now? Uh, that was something that they called Megan Murphy at some point. A ball palmer. Yeah. Meaning. You palm balls. Oh, Benjamin. I think it means. I think it's like a polite, uh, polite phrase of cocksucker. Oh. Like it's like it's like not only are you a cocksucker, but you're a ball palmer too. Nice. Okay. It's really interesting how And so it's like any that any nuance in this discussion, yeah. it's the same thing that you're saying. It's like you're you're kissing ass to the side. Yes. And so you're invalid. Because we're hardliners. Yes. And so I must not be a real woman, either that or I'm a traitor to the real women. Yeah. Because I don't automatically adhere to whatever they're saying, kiss the ring, bow, renounce the bad people and the wrong thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it. Um, we spoke with somebody the other day offline, and this person said something to the effect of the difficulty of neutral voices, or the the difficulty of making uh, neutral points viable, and the. And I I just been thinking about that today mm. um, at at our church. Like when I was uh, in worship, I was just thinking about. Um, being a crossroads for different um, points of view, being um, not disagreeable, allowing other people's points of view to come across and allowing mm -hmm. um, these different points of view to have their say and to intersect um, 
serially on my channel mm -hmm. and my channel becoming just the smorgasbord of a certain bandwidth of political thought. And I, and I would say that without feeling bad about it, like I, I skew center right and uh, because I think that, that there's more interesting things going on on the right with regard to independent thought and really strong personalities. And also the, the center right or, or the dissident right, they don't have a lot of um, exposure. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting to like interact with you things. You feel like that... you're talking to the underdog or something? Not, it's not just underdog, but like with the detransitioners, I got into to listening to detransitioners because they were just overlooked like they're mm -hmm. they're not getting a lot of attention and so their stories are they're incubating without all that attention so once a lot of attention goes on to an issue it gets really watered down and blown out a lot and so in the dissonant rights sphere there's a lot of like people are playing around with ideas more and there, there's not so much scrutiny and not so much exposure mm. um on that so that people are being a little bit more creative. It's a little bit more messy, I guess. It's kind of like my office. Like there's dark nooks and crannies and crumbs here and there. And like, oh, what's over there? Like, let, let's look over here, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, where was I going with that? Oh, that, that was just like my... The, new, the difficulty of being neutral. The difficulty, difficulty of scaling neutrality. The difficulty of being um, successful, so-called, as a media producer or content creator, as somebody who doesn't have strong opinions. And I was thinking about that, and I've thought about that a long time, about the people who win on Twitter, the people who get a lot of likes and retweets on Twitter, are saying, the people like in my jurisdiction or in my um, associative like proximity, politically speaking or issue-wise, they say something that was fresh like three or four years ago, mm -hmm. and then they get thousands of oh, likes. Yeah, and I just don't that, want yeah. to repeat myself. I don't want to say things that are like anodyne and mm -hmm. and pablum or just like normal things. Mm -hmm. And and so I miss out on a lot of engagement. I either have to be spicy or I have to take a position. Mm -hmm. But I want to. I want to be. What about just? I being, want to be engaging with the position. Being honest about your thoughts about something. About the given issue. Well, it, it seems like the given issue, uh, it's not even just about the given issue. It's about like having a position on the given issue. It's like, I don't even like really care to have a position. Well, that's kind of how I felt about this men with breastfeeding thing. I don't really feel like it needs an awful lot of analysis because I, I back all the way up to pharmaceutical intervention and I, that's where I draw the line. That's where you cut the... I mean, it, yeah, it's problematic for so many different cut reasons. Cut the glands. Yeah, the glands, the cord, the... The moobs. I don't know about that. Yeah, moves. No. I don't no. think it's correct. Yeah. So with regard to chemically altered men breastfeeding, mm -hmm. there was an article not that long ago from, I think it was the NHS's trust, some trust issued mm -hmm. some sort of paper. Was that, that said, what it was? I thought it was Canadian, but maybe it was. It was NHS. And they stated, <laughs> the article stated that it's perfectly fine for men to breastfeed. And it was really interesting because yeah. like the, for so long, the pharmaceutically run or at least uh, propped up medical journals and stuff have been decentivizing women from breastfeeding, if I understand the situation correctly. Mm. Breastfeeding has been kind of like uh, decreasing over time, or at least... I think been... it's increased recently, okay. but it took a big dip in the, what, 60s and 70s, when a lot of moms were encouraged to give their babies formula. formula. And then yeah. our generation, a lot of people weren't breastfed. And, yeah. and look how we turned out. I was breastfed. So was I, I think. I'll have to write in. Write in? Yeah. To your mother. Yeah. You write into her. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I I think uh, that it is it is a natural body process, and so to really influence it with chemicals is going to change the composition of the milk. For it's a natural, it's a living fluid. It's an organ. How did we end up back on this? We were just oh, talking you know about what? This. I you did. Were... I did interview one woman a couple years ago, who turned out to be a lactation, a lactation specialist. Consultant. And she, she said she was talking on a cellular level, mm-hmm. like breast milk is actually like a living organ. Yeah, it's a tissue. It's a tissue? It is a tissue. It's it actually the... responds like the mother holding the baby. Mothers have this compulsion to smell their babies and kiss them and put their lips on their babies. They're just constantly, it's like a, you're like testing, you're sampling yeah, chemically, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then your body's actually responding. So when your baby is wow. ill or exposed to certain things, the breast milk makes things that help to help respond to that and breast milk is different throughout the day different times of day it's got different protein and fat composition and things so it's actually mapping onto the needs of the baby that's so amazing it is amazing i mean it's hilarious and miraculous too like i'm going from laughing and crying to it it's just so freaking miraculous yeah yeah to think that a that a, a man's body could produce anything like that is just it's bizarre to me yeah or a person who is not naturally um in that yeah developmental state yeah. i no and i just i don't know the science behind it i haven't studied it but it is just very deeply disturbing to me to to produce that via an artificial hormonally manipulated mm-hmm. pharmaceutically manipulated process yeah but yeah. again we, but we just went, you were just talking about neutrality and we ended up back on that i feel like this is the really tangential you're fine with neutral uh, with no, uh, organic raw cow's milk though well i don't give it to an infant but yeah I'm fine. I drink that. Give it to the boys. I think it's better than almond milk or soy milk or any of those weird things. But that that's not a moral issue. Uh, I mean, I guess it is if you really want to talk about animal husbandry and factory farming and how are the animals being cared for, you could get moral with a lot of Yeah, but just the act of drinking milk from another animal mm, maybe i mean when you think about it, it's kind of weird that we do that mm-hmm. but it is very nutrient rich and it's good for your gut and it's good for you for and there are people who will refute that and say that it's wrong it's bad for you and it's actually caused lots of problems but yeah it tends to be a really nutrient dense food mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to say about that do you want to go there or do you want i don't want to be in the crosshairs of the almond milk industry no thank you um, you want to help me read some of these comments? Yeah. <laughs> Was there any um, questions? Um, I flipped my opinion on surrogacy instantly when I heard a lesbian Radfem criticize it. Interesting. Uh, flipped which flipped way? How? Yeah, I wonder. Rib rascal. I think he's being a surrogacy rascal. Surrogacy is interesting. Uh, who's Lodi? 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 She is kind of too SJW for me. Is she talking about me? Maybe Kelly J? I don't know. Okay, this is, Sophie says, holding the line is important. There are lines that should not be crossed. This is, okay, so this is the political prompt. Where will you draw the line and how will you hold that line? And and what method are you going to adopt to enforce that line? What line are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, men breastfeeding 
children. I think that there is, I, I so I, I haven't thought about it because the I would have to construct an argument based around my disgust. Okay. Just like first and foremost, I would have to say disgust. That's just, that's wrong. That's morally wrong. And that's just a black box. And mm-hmm. so I can't really actually make an argument on that grounds totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, my position would say, no, this is, this is not correct. This mm-hmm. is incorrect. Actually, this is a perversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I could back that up by saying this is not, um, it's not natural. So it's, it, it's chemically induced, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't think it's good for the baby. We don't know. You'd have to submit babies to lifelong, like, over time yeah you'd have to do a lot of things and i don't even know if that's ethical to do but basically mm-hmm. it would come down to what is the purpose of a man's body as opposed to what is the purpose of a woman's body mm-hmm. and that the there's an ontological purpose in male and female bodies and i really i really like the kind of catholic um position that was derived from oh John Paul wrote a book on sexuality, sacred sexuality. Um, and I spoke with Maria Brandel about this. And I believe Mark uh, Barnes and Maria Brandel on New Polity get into this when they talk about gender, about there is a moral content to the bodies that we have. Like our bodies, because they are a creation of God, they are a tool of love. They're mm-hmm. meant to, they have a purpose. They have an ontological reality mm-hmm. that suits their purpose. And that purpose is love. And a woman's ability to create life and sustain life is a sacred thing because it's a manifestation of a divine reality that is being produced physically for us to behold and to cherish and worship. Mm -hmm. A man doesn't have that capacity. Mm -hmm. A man doesn't need that capacity. But then if I do that, why do men have nipples? If it's not, if they're not there to be useful, Mm -hmm. like why would God create man with nipples? If man didn't have some sort of, if there wasn't some sort of meaning in the the nipple. That's a good question here. I wanted to get, where is this one? It was, uh, Chosarian fraud had a question that I wanted to go back to this one right here. Okay. I'm going to have to, uh, can you pop that up there? Part of me agrees with KJK trying to be nuanced about a dude dressing up like a woman and trying to participate in a society like a woman seems to bridge too far. That's an interesting, um, thing to bring up. I think that what I, I agree that, that, that there are questions about that, that comes back to the whole trans debate in the first place. Yes. The fact is that right now we have a, entire generation of kids that is being indoctrinated heavily to think that trans is not only good but desirable and and, real and always been there yeah and so that we've got an entire generation of people that are impacted by this ideology and i was seeing it when i was in graduate school it's the first place i came into contact with this and i'm i'm okay um and continue and so we have people already doing this right now and you know, these are not, that one aspect of a person is not the only thing about a person. So there's lots of other personality characteristics, desires, interests, um, you know, just everything that, that makes a person a person. Trans is not the only thing about them. So I've known, I know I've worked with people who are trans identified, who are lovely people who have a lot of, of wonderful things to offer. And, uh, I, don't like gender ideology. I'm not a fan of of transgenderism, but I 
there are a lot of things that I don't like that people do. And I don't have to be intimately involved in the, the private decisions of people. I think it's wrong. I think what we're doing in schools and in education and the social justice ideology is a uh, malignant and coercive process that is not taking people in a good place. But it's kind of a love the sinner, hate the sin thing for me. And there are people who have made a lot of choices with regard to body modification and plastic surgery and things like this that I also wouldn't have made and might think are unethical for their surgeons to have done. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to treat that person like they're a social outcast. They mm. still can move and do. And and mm. so like at this conference, for instance, this, this gets back to the question that Chosarian Fra is bringing up, that this particular conference, there were there are a lot of women who wear really manly clothes and still pass it off as professional, wear very male typical clothing and even men's clothing. And that's because men are awesome. Okay. So there's that. And women are special. Okay. So women are wearing men's clothes and yeah. they, they function and act and do and blah, blah, blah. There are also trans people at the same conference who are dressed professionally in conference going attire of the opposite sex of the sex that they are trying to present as and you know uh natal females that are bearded and wearing men's clothes and for all intents and purposes dressing and looking like men and acting like men and doing whatever men do um uh, natal males that are dressed fully as as women in fact one that was so well passing that you wouldn't have known nobody would have known um you know i think this person is pretty incognito even so we'll even say who that was or anything, but a person who wouldn't have raised an eyebrow could have been in the women's room and nobody would have known because passed so well. And so where do you start drawing lines? That's my question. It's not about, do you have a disgust response? Do you hate it? Do you feel outraged about it? And mm. it's just, what do we do? That's my question. What do we do about that? Like the Phil Lilly thing and he's wearing a dress, but he's also fully in admitting and embracing that he's a man and talking about the reasons why he likes to dress like this. And then when he's in polite company, not doing anything that tips you off that there's something sketchy about him except for the dress. I mean, the dress was the, the only book. thing. Well, the book, but like, he's not, he's not like twitching and, and salivating or looking like he's going to go and do, you know, he's not Bad imminently, he's not imminently going to do something fetishistic. He's just wearing a dress. And as far as regulating people's behavior, regulating other people's behavior, I'm just asking how do you how do you do that in a way that doesn't also involve mind policing and policing the content of people's thoughts? How do you do that? Like, and so I I don't disagree that and, and I understand the the sense of repulsion that some people have. I don't personally have as strong of a sense of that. I I am. I'm really bothered by, I think that there's a massive medical malpractice scandal going on. And I don't yeah. think that doctors should be um, but, promoting this the way they are. And I think that teachers and therapists are basically agents of the pharmaceutical industry right now. It's mm -hmm. basically you're a bunch of pharma shills that are trying to pull more people into this body modification process. Yeah. But as far as individuals that have made the choices that individuals have made, who am I to even say well, that it doesn't make them happy? There's that one line between adults and children. Mm -hmm. And involving an infant... Well, this is not about that. that his, okay. his question was about men wearing women's clothes. Okay. Yeah. He's, the downstream of that is that... 
Like if if a, if a man is going to plug into the social fabric as a female, and we accept that, then why would we not accept a man plugging into the biological fabric or attempting? To I wouldn't use? say I wouldn't personally say that I would accept a man plugging into the social fabric as a female. Okay. Or vice versa. I would just say that's a person. They're doing. They're doing an individual. There, that's an act of individual choice. Mm. But I like when I talk about a trans person and I use wrong sex pronouns for them, I'm aware that I'm doing that. I'm making a choice between two things that feel uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable, mm. for instance, if a, if a uh, trans identified male or a trans woman, however you want to call that person, is uh, fully living and presenting attempting to present as a woman, even post-op, I feel, I feel uncomfortable saying he, and I feel uncomfortable saying she, mm -hmm. and I don't know how to navigate that. And I err on, I, I end up usually using the pronoun that they prefer, but I try to avoid pronouns altogether. I default to they. Do you? All right. Boobs are gone because I breastfed. Wouldn't have it any other way. Wait, what? They yeah, suck you dry? Yeah. Wow. That, that can happen? Yep. They just like... It can happen. Wow. But if you That's a get older baby. and gain weight, they'll probably come back. They'll pop back out. Don't you worry. Hopefully so. If not, you could probably borrow, borrow one from your sister. But also, also, what's the value of always having like this neotenous, like, youthful figure throughout life? We value that too much. That's a whole other conversation. You're using your weenus. You're waving your weenus around on that one. Not literally. Yeah, no. Well, that was cool. Um, I feel like it's time to wrap up. We usually talk about board games, but we haven't played any board games this week. No, we got Earth back. <laughs> yeah, we did play Earth this week. We played, we played Earth. it with the kids. Have we, we haven't played it. Maybe we should play it on my gaming channel sometime. Mm -hmm. it's, good. it's a good game. I like that one. It's a really good game. I think that that's probably one of our top games for the family. Everybody gets involved in that game. Uh, the 10-year-old likes just the story part of it. He's not too into all the mechanisms and stuff, but he gets to create a story about destroying his island. And uh, the older one, he likes the systems. He's really good at the systems. And then you get you get really intense on it. And I get I get pretty good at it. It just hurts my brain. I like my brain getting broke. Breaks my brain. Mm -hmm. We have this Arc Nova game, and it's just a little too crunchy, and I'm not... Like, I want to play it, and when I pull it out and try to play it, I'm like, oh, I get I get it, but there's something that's just lacking for me. Are you going to read something while I just mumble yeah, I'm, about I'm board games? Yeah, Sorry, I'm just no, also fine. reading the... the... The comments I, as they pop up. I because we have one game. Um, we only have one like war game, and it's the Star Wars deck building game, which is a very well done game. Even you enjoyed the one or two times, but Star me and the boys, Wars, it's Star the War, deck. Yeah. It's one. It's Empire Against Rebels. It was so yeah. Okay, I'm we glad you and the boys. Yeah, but we one. the boys really like it because like we're destroying each My other. My favorite is Azul. Yeah, you're Azul. Summer I Pavilion. Like Azul. Is it? Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'll I didn't like it at first, but I like. She it likes now. the uh, she likes the abstract ones. But mm -hmm. I'm getting us Inish, which is yeah. a it's a dudes on a map game. It's a Celtic warriors exploring a new island and then trying to uh, 
claim the kingship over the island. Mm. So I, I, we haven't done anything that that is uh, directly competitive on the board. And so this, we're we're moving it to here. Just take oh, okay. it. Thanks. Just take the power. Oh yeah. Oh, vibrant goose has been playing Arc Nova a lot. It's crunchy. Cool. Who's uh, oh, okay? Yeah, it yeah. is crunchy. Yeah. I'll have to give it again. I need to. I need to get some. I need to find some guys locally that, uh, that some you can adult play with. adult males. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of the Arkham horror, but I just can't play it alone, and it's a lot of work, and I can't like do it for all three of us boys. Yeah, here you need some dudes. So I need some dudes for my map. Yeah, yep. You do need some dudes. Oh, you know what's interesting? I was just looking for it. Someone said. In oh, Miroir Jumo says in Arabic the second person is gendered too. Hmm. That's very interesting. That would present a completely different quandary, wouldn't it? Because right now here it's just third person that we're, and you can usually avoid that when you're actually dealing with someone face to face. And somebody else said Twitter is a board game. That's funny. It's an MMO RPG based on sentences, made out of sentences. That's how you should treat it. Yeah. It's just it's just an MMORPG. Well, I uh, with sentences. I have found it frustrating at times, but I've I think I've started to learn. I gave you advice this week. You did. You, you woke up me. and you were in a state. Well, I was kind of I I woke up and I'm just sitting there having my coffee that you brought me. Yeah. And I'm checking all my emails and notifications, oh, and then on Twitter it's like I, it was maxed out on the possible notifications, and I'm like, what the heck? It's blowing up, and I have a pretty quiet Twitter account that I don't usually get a lot of interaction yeah. out of. And it was that morning that, that Kelly J. King put me on a blacklist. On a blast. On a blacklist with a group of other people who have done platformed the wrong people. Yep. And so there were just a ton of hateful comments. She was in a state. I was pissed off for about, what, half hour? I came back there and I told you, because there was a cloud around her. It wasn't that bad. There was a cloud around her. I'm like, and I'm like. Was it that bad? Yeah, I just said. If you're not having fun, put the phone down. <laughs> yeah. I said it well, several times. I'm like, if you're not having fun, and then and then your attitude kind of changed. Yeah. I mean, you're usually you are usually right, but it takes me a while to No, I mean it's come to that. Yeah, you know, it's just advice. Yeah. But it, it's seriously, if it's if it's being a drag on you, put it down. Yeah. Unless you can well, engage with I, it constructively. To me it's very important if I am angry to allow that to pass yes and then to wait and see i in I no way was saying emotion. to ignore your emotions no no and but i i didn't want to respond to anything when i was upset i wanted to wait until that passed so i could allow myself to think rationally and i think i did you know okay. what i'm gonna cook you for dinner salmon yeah i'm gonna caramelize some onions and make some beautiful saffron rice oh yes and cook you and grill you up some salmon and a cast iron skillet i got coconut um, milk, if you want to use that for the rice. I like, oh, I was going to say butter for the, for the salmon, but yeah, yeah, coconut milk for the rice. You'll be in charge of the rice, but we'll have to look up saffron rice. I have, I can do that. Okay. I'll have to. Saffron always kind of tastes like a soap to me. It's it got like a clean taste to it, hmm. but it's not a, like a, a disgusting kind of soap. To oh, it. I it's didn't got get like any a, dill. You wanted dill. Uh, I was trying to freaking find the dill but that's fine but no and then i said well let's do saffron instead i don't know saffron and dill might cancel each other out so do you have any last words for this final uh, moment in our um public uh broadcast it might be the final moment after all the like weenus and boob jokes today 
<laughs> so silly. It, I didn't even make a boob joke. I you just started laughed laughing at boobs the entire time. Not the entire time. Just for like ten minutes. I, it was just. I was having these visions that I will not repeat on air, or even to you. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I no I'm I'll curious. Tell you. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was nice to see you guys. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Yeah. And wait, what does Ninja Kitty say? Miss, but which ones are clones and who is me? Oh, does Ninja? Is there multiple? Yeah, Ninja boy Kitties? Zach on how studios is with the comic book industry. I'll I'll look into that. Thank you very much, Muar. I'll look for ya boy Zach. Ya boy Zach. All right. All right. Do you want to end us with the song? Go ahead. Why don't you sing? What song do you want? What was the one you were singing earlier? Attitude, attitude. It makes me nice. It makes me rude. Mostly I can't control my mood. So what am I to do about my attitude? I said, attitude, attitude. My heart's agitated and my mind feels blue. I got a case of nerves like I can't tell you. But I do what I can do about my attitude. I said, optimist. Oh. Gooditude, batitude, optimistic, pessimistic, whatever dude, is your cup half empty? Is your cup half filled? Well, doesn't that depend upon the price of refills? See you guys. Bye.